Hey there listeners, welcome to another wonderful episode with the Leadership is Changing Podcast. My name is Dina Chinutsos and I am your host. And look, I just had a great interview with a gentleman by the name of Liam Naden. And Liam is a person who is a transformative teacher, speaker and author. He's also the host of a podcast called Let Yourself Off The Hook. Now Liam has gone from being a multi-millionaire to losing everything and becoming homeless in his mid-40s. He shares his story and about how he's bounced back and how he's doing things differently today. But he also talked about how or have you faced your fear and interesting kind of comments and uh, discussion we both actually had. The other thing too is that he actually shared a fair bit about the brain. Hence the actual title of this episode being Secrets of the Brain Never Taught. Now, he's actually a guy who talks about the brain, specializes in the brain, and helps others, individuals, go and understand their own brain, and so forth. He talks about different parts of the brain. So, let's listen to the interview. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Leadership is Changing podcast. Great to have you here with us again. And I've got a wonderful guest with me today. His name is Liam Naden. Liam, a massive welcome to you. Hello, Dennis. Thank you very much for having me here. Excellent. It's great to have you. Now, whereabouts in the world are you today? At the moment, I'm in sunny south of Spain on the coast near Marbella, which is a lovely part of the world to be in winter in, in Europe. Nice. And you know, for a lot of our listeners, they'll be picking up that you've got a Kiwi accent. So, but you're living in, well, you're actually based in Spain at the moment, which is wonderful. And so, do you travel a lot? Do you? Yes. Well, I've been a perpetual traveler for about 13 years. I spent eight years living on a yacht around Europe. And the last few months, we've um, swapped that for a motorhome. So, we're traveling around Europe well, on a motorhome. That's great. So, that would be a little bit of a different sort of kind of lifestyle. And are you sort of one of these people, what we call a digital nomad? Yeah, I guess you'd call it that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And perpetual seeker. Yeah, yeah. And before you left, say, New Zealand to go traveling or, you know, what else have you done in your life? So in other words, tell us a little bit more about your background. Of course, I've given the listeners a little bit of an introduction to you, but tell us more about you and what you've done. Okay. Well, I've always been in business for myself. I suppose you'd call me a serial entrepreneur. I've had 18 different businesses in my life of varying sizes and teams from just me to, you know, teams of salespeople and so on. And along the way, I've always been very consumed and interested in trying to answer the question, how do you get the most out of life? How do you really achieve success? How do you live a life where you're feeling that you're living to your highest potential? So alongside running businesses and developing those, you know, I was always a student of success studying personal development and spirituality and business courses and things like that too. And that's really the basis of my work now is helping people to understand really how to achieve that success. And it actually, I had a bit of a, a life-changing event in my mid-40s when I went from being a multimillionaire and successful businessman to becoming homeless, losing everything. 
And that really pivoted me into a different direction and taught me a lot of things about how we do create true success in our life. And and that also involves how we become a true leader, if that's our role and vocation. Liam, when I work with leaders around the world, there is some of them who are bored in their jobs. They feel like they're achieving something and they're doing really well, but they're not actually fulfilled in life. And so one thing is that when we talk, they're actually wanting to go off and do a business or go and do something else outside of where they are working today. And they have this fear of actually making a decision and taking the leap and going and doing it. Now, for a lot of them, the fear is failure or the fear is I might do okay, but I might lose everything. For you, when you went from that multimillionaire scenario of actually being homeless, what was it like for you to go from that scenario to the homeless side? And then what did you do to come out of it? Well, the funny thing is you mentioned something really key, which is fear. And I think most people, their lives are driven by subconscious fears. And when I became homeless, I realized that my entire life I had been driven subconsciously by two fundamental fears. One was the fear of not having enough, of losing what I had and, and not having enough. And, and that was what drove me to continually put pressure on myself, set higher goals, always try to achieve more and really create a lot of stress and problems in my life as along the way, as well as creating some success. And the other fear that most, that many people have and that was driving me as well, was the fear of not being loved. But ironically, when I lost everything, I had to face and experience both of those fears, not having any, the fear of not having anything and the fear of not being loved. Because there I was sleeping on my mother's couch. I had to move into to her small apartment and sleep on the couch in the living room. And, and I had these the two things that I'd realized I'd been afraid of all my life, not having enough or not having anything and not being loved, they were, were there. I was faced with those as a reality. But something really interesting happened, and this was the, what made the shift. And I didn't really realize it at the time, but my work since has been about researching and, and then helping other people to understand this as well, which is when you actually make a shift or when you experience the things that you're afraid of, your brain does something very interesting and it moves from having a fear of something to releasing that fear when you actually experience it. And when you release your fears, you actually activate a different part of your brain. This is actually science-based, what I have discovered and what I'm teaching. And so when I pivoted from being homeless to rebuilding my life, it was through using a different part of my brain. And that part of the brain only becomes activated when you don't have fear. And that's the key to it, really. And I think, you know, in terms of leadership and, as you say, people, they're afraid of doing something different. They're afraid of maybe going after something that they think they might really enjoy, or they're afraid of getting unstuck from where they are and taking a risk, if you like. And it's not really their fault that their fear is keeping them stuck. But what actually happens on a biological level is that when you're afraid, even if it's a subconscious fear, you're using a different part of your brain, a part of your brain that will keep you stuck. So you have to learn how to release those fears so that when you do, you activate another part of your brain, which is the part that will move you forward, that is in fact responsible for all achievement and all moving forward, if you like, and all fulfillment in life. It only comes when you actually use another part of your brain. 
that is fascinating. I love I love what you're sharing there. I think that's really cool. And I think the listeners, you know, will, you will be getting a lot out of this already from Liam, listeners, because some great things he's sharing there. And Liam, this whole topic around the brain, the way we work, the way we think, the way we do things in life is fascinating. It really is. And Liam, I know that you've got a podcast as well. It's called Let Yourself Off the Hook. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Let Yourself Off the Hook. Yeah, yeah. And also you're a best-selling author of, and the creator of Brain Rebalancing. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, what I've created is a, is a model of how the brain actually works. And it's a science-based model, although I don't use scientific terms because I make it in a way that's much easier to understand. But essentially what it says is what my model has shown is that you have four parts to your brain. And if you're not using these four parts of your brain correctly, you're going to have problems show up in your life. Because the thing is, the brain in its essence is nothing more than a machine. It's a biological machine and it has a biological function. And the function of the brain is to ensure that you, as the owner of the brain, or every organism that has a brain, it's to ensure that that organism has the best chance for survival. All of nature is wired to survive as the primary purpose of all life. The primary function of all life is to seek to survive. And the way things best survive is by being the best that they can be. So literally, we have this machine which is designed to make us and every living thing the best that we can be so that we have the greatest chance for survival. And for humans, being the best that you can be doesn't just mean physically, it also means mentally and emotionally. So when you really think that one through, you realize that we have a biological purpose to be happy, to be fulfilled, to get the most out of life. And we're not biologically designed to have stress and problems because stress and problems do not help us survive biologically. They weaken us physically and mentally and in, in many different ways. And so they actually get in the way. And if you think about this, this idea that your brain is a machine, what does a machine do? It's designed for one very specific purpose. And if you use it the right way, it will get the outcome that it's designed to get. But if you use it the wrong way, you end up with problems. So for instance, a motor car, if you know how to drive it and you drive it the right way, it gets you to where you want to go, which is its purpose, easily, enjoyably, and predictably. But if you start messing around with it and doing the wrong things, putting the wrong fuel in, putting the, keeping the handbrake on and the accelerator at the same time or whatever, you're going to have a rough ride and you're going to end up with problems. And the brain is exactly the same. So my four-part model, what that really teaches people is firstly to understand what the four parts of your brain actually are and how they're designed to be used. And most importantly, the one of those four parts, or, or really how all those parts all interact with each other, but how one of the four parts is specifically designed to be the master of your life and to guide you down the fastest and easiest path to you being the best that you can be. That's what it's there biologically to do. And we all end up with problems and stress because we don't know, firstly, that this part even exists. And secondly, we don't know how to use it the right way. And what I found when I rebuilt my life after you know, being homeless was I switched into using this part of my brain, not knowing what it was, and things worked out a lot better for me in my life. Things happened a lot more smoothly. 
you know, all the things that we might call coincidence or luck or synchronicity, you know, instead of me trying to force success and chase after success, it was like success was coming after me and all sorts of unexpected things were happening and good things were happening and things were flowing on a lot better without the stress and problems. So brain rebalancing is about understanding how to move your brain to be using it the right way rather than the wrong way. And when you use it the right way, it's remarkable how your problems seem to just fade away. And you you find yourself doing that thing that we're all after, which is really feeling, yes, I am in control of my life. I am being the best that I can be. I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm actually fulfilled and happy. And I'm not you know, dealing with stress and problems all the time instead. I am taking so many notes here right now. It's amazing. So really good, really good, Liam. I love it. And the thing is the brain, the different parts, the four, the four different parts you're talking about, and there's one area that you're working on. I sort of gather that that's possibly whereby your brain is starting to think about that gratitude, the fulfillment, being happy, and that you are in control, and then things are starting to come to you that way rather than people who start to think about the fear and the things that they don't want, and then that's what they start to track towards them as well. Is that where that's going, or am I off, off track there? No, it's, you're describing it pretty well. But in essence, this is a biological process. And the way it works is we have two nervous or two parts to our nervous system. There are actually three parts, but there are two main parts. And the way your brain operates will determine which one of those you switch on. And one that you switch on will create nothing but problems for you. And the other, if you switch it on, will put you in the flow of life, put you in the state where you're making the right decisions, you're avoiding the wrong decisions, you're coming up with new ideas and new solutions to problems, you're seeing new opportunities, better ways of doing things. You know, it's the place where all of your imagination, your creativity, and it's where all your problem-solving ability these all originate from this part of the brain, which I actually call the creative. But this is a physical, biological function. It's not just some idea like the subconscious or anything. This is a, a physical function that happens inside your brain. But the thing is, you can only activate that part of your brain when you don't feel fear. Because the emotion of fear, and with it stress, worry, anxiety, anger, frustration, when you feel those things, you're activating, actually, on a biological level, another part of your brain, which is your survival, fight, or flight, which I call your survival brain. And when you use that part of your brain to try and create your life, you won't get anywhere because that part of your brain is not designed to be used to manage your life. It's only designed to react to an immediate threat or danger. So if you think about it, you know, the story of the lion coming out from behind the rock when, you know, millions of years ago when the brain was first created or designed or whatever. So what the brain would recognize is there's a threat to our survival. I activate fear. And what happens? We create this response which reacts to the danger. And this is a very powerful weapon to get rid of a danger, but it's only designed to be this reactive state only used very briefly when you really are faced with an immediate threat or danger. The rest of the time, your brain should be telling you there are no threats or dangers in your life. There's no immediate threat. There's not a lion that's going to eat you. So in that case, what your brain should be doing is instead of activating that part, 
it activates this creative brain. And it's only when you activate this creative brain, as I say, that all the right ideas come to you. The right situations show up in your life. You know, we might call it synchronicity and luck, but your brain is at work making these sort of things happen. There's a scientific basis for all this. This isn't just some sort of spiritual idea. So the key to understand really is fear is like an activator so that actually puts you in the wrong brain state. There's a lot more to fear. And conversely, gratitude and love and being happy, that all activates this other state, this creative brain state. So there's a lot more to this. There's a lot more to your emotions and how you feel than just some idea. It actually switches the part of your brain that is driving your life in that moment. And one is going to work in a reactive state with very limited awareness and not know what to do apart from lash out or run away and protect you from a danger. And the other part's got all the wisdom. It's got all the intelligence, the knowledge, the creativity, the imagination, the right ideas. So most people are struggling because they're trying to create their life using the wrong part of their brain. And they wonder why they can never figure out what to do or why they're not motivated to do the right things. As I've done so many times myself in business, why you make the wrong decisions. Mm. You know, you employ the wrong people. You do all the wrong things. And you think, why did I do that? That was so dumb. Even at the time I was doing it, I knew I shouldn't be doing this. And it's because you can't help yourself because the part of your brain that you're using that's making this all happen is not designed to help you make the right decision or do the right thing. And this is why people stay stuck. You know, you mentioned people who really would like to do something different. If they knew how to activate their creative brain, they would find they would be making the right decisions, the right thing. They would get the right ideas because this part of your brain is also where your motivation comes from as well. It's where you feel this drive and urge and, and knowingness and excitement, and you do things. So it's really important to understand this. this is so fundamental. People are struggling and they're trying to learn more stuff. And it's a bit like, you know, I often liken it to if you didn't know how to drive a car, you might think, well, or, or if you saw somebody, you know, m maybe you're walking down the street and you didn't know how to drive a car and you see somebody standing behind a car and they're trying to push it along from behind. And you go up to them and you say, what are you doing? You say, well, I'm driving my car. They say, well, why are you doing like that? And, we, and they say, well, this is how you drive a car. You get behind and you push. And you say to them, well, you're not doing very well, are you? You're not getting very far, and it seems like a lot of hard work. And they say to you, oh, of course it's hard work, and the reason I'm not getting very far is because I'm not motivated enough. I'm not trying hard enough. I'm not strong enough. I need to build up more energy and be more determined. And I need to overcome all of the challenges. And you say, no, you don't realize it's not supposed to be like that. Driving this machine is not supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to be an enjoyable ride. Mm -hmm. But you just don't understand how to use it the right way. And that's why you're struggling. Yeah. And it's exactly the same with the brain. Yeah. Isn't it? That's a great example of you. You know, you can actually just see somebody trying to push that car and they're going, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. I'm driving. It's, it's really interesting to see how that actually works. The other thing is what's really coming up for me here is the fact that it's that creative brain, that getting things going. And I know that sometimes when I'm quiet in business and you think about, oh, you know, it's gone quiet, but I actually tend to go into the creative mode. I tend to go and do things and create programs, create some more stuff to get out there. But it's not because I want to get out there and just do the stuff. It's the fact that I love being creative. And when I'm in that creative mode, oh, yeah, I feel really good. I feel fulfilled. I feel 
motivated. There's that urge, there's that conquering things. It's really cool. And I like it. And uh, yes, I, I love how you're sharing all of this. So, so listeners, the creative brain is where it's at. And, but it's the key that uh, Liam's talking about is how do you activate it as well, uh, which is interesting. Now, Liam, I've got some other questions for you. And one of them is that looking at your bio, you've said you know, more than 18 businesses, multimillionaires, you said earlier on as well. So obviously you've had to lead teams because you wouldn't be able to do all of that by yourself. Now, how did you actually get into leadership? Well, it was pretty well um, baptism by fire in terms of got into business at a fairly young age. And, you know, after university, went straight into actually had a wine business. It was my first business in Auckland there and still going, I think, actually. And that's many years ago now. But obviously, as you want to grow your business, you need to bring on other people. So leadership, it wasn't, I would say, a natural talent I had, but it was a necessary thing to learn to do if I wanted to grow my business. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, too. that's very true. Now, Liam, the other thing too is that you've led people, you've properly studied leaders as well around the world, but also you would have met a lot of leaders and working with them with, around the brain and so forth. My question to you is, who's your favorite leader and why? Now, this could be this person could be alive or from history, but who's the favorite leader and why? Yeah, well, he's not someone I've actually met. I'm sorry to say, I hope I do one day, but if I was to say to you, I wonder if you can guess who he is. He's the most popular leader of a country in the world. He has an approval rating of more than 90%. In fact, he's just, they've just had an election in his country and he received more than 85% of the vote. He's taken the country from the most dangerous country in the world to one of the safest in three years, had the highest homicide rate in the world, pretty much. And he's, taken, he, he's given people this amazing sense of liberty. I actually visited this country last year. So I know what it, to go and check it out because, and the amount of investment pouring into the country is phenomenal. And the whole energy that this leader has created around, he's so in tune with the people and they absolutely love him. And the country is absolutely, you know, tourism is skyrocketing, investment is skyrocketing. And do you know who I'm talking about yet? Uh, Nelson Mandela? No, President Bukele of El Salvador. Oh, there you go. Okay, good. Keep going. Very small country in the middle of in Central America. And he's a young guy. I think he's in his early 40s. But I think what he really shows is where leadership is heading. Because we're moving to a world where trust is dead. You know, nobody trusts anything anymore. All of the institutions, doesn't matter what it is, governments, you know, whether it be the health system or the education system or the legal system. If you look at, and they've done surveys of people's level of trust, people just don't trust their leaders anymore. And you have to really ask why that is. And I think there are several reasons. We're really coming into a golden age, I think, where the true leaders are going to be those who are very, very in tune with the people they serve, who are both the people below them and also their customers or their, in the case of a country, their citizens. So, and we're moving into this area where there has to be this authenticity because people won't, are no longer just going to trust. They're not going to read something in the newspaper and believe it. And, the, and what we're seeing, of course, is this great fragmentation around the world where everything is becoming fragmented as well. It's, it's falling apart, you know, the financial system or the, even the, uh, the news media. People don't watch, they don't read newspapers and watch the mainstream media anymore. All of those are, are dying because they belong to a centralized world where that relies on trust. Now people are finding out for themselves what the truth is. That's why I went to El Salvador. 
I want to see for myself what's all the hype. Is this true about this country, you know, about what they say? And you can do that through social media as well. And that's where we're heading to. So I think in terms of leadership, this is the challenge for people. And that's why I think Bukele is so popular is he's in tune with the people that he is actually serving people. He's not, he's not relying on trust and, and, and forcing people to follow him. Mm. Because now, of course, people have options. Yep. They don't need to follow. They don't need to believe. And they can find other sources of information to find out whether what that person is saying is actually true. Excellent. That's great. Great example. Thank you. And so that might encourage some of the listeners to go and actually explore that country and that leader in particular, which is really good. And you said you haven't met him yet. So very interesting. Amazing place. I've never been somewhere where people are so optimistic. If you did meet him and have a cup of coffee with him sitting on a park bench, what would be one question you would like to ask him? Where he sees that the, I suppose, that what is the essence of his success? What is his mindset? What does he believe about his role as a leader that has created such success in such a, you know, a unified country? Mm. Nice question. Yeah, that's really good. So hopefully one time you you know, have that opportunity to ask that one day, maybe. So the, yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah. Hey, look, the show is called Leadership is Changing. When I say that title or that statement, what does it mean for you? Well, I think, excuse me, just what I said a little bit earlier about trust is dead. People no longer trust. And the other thing we're moving into is a very decentralized sort of, you know, mentioned this a bit before as well, that we're now moving into this decentralized world where everything's fragmented. So leadership is being in tune with not just having a vision for yourself, but really having a vision for the people that you're serving and saying, what is their vision? What is best for them? What do they want? And more importantly, not than what they want, what is best for them? And because in this decentralized world, people have got options and they don't just need to follow or, or force, you know, all of the sort of force leadership things, if you like, or the, the models of trying to force people to do things. They're not working anymore. Mm. And more and more people are moving away from those. So I think leadership is going to be much more of a partnership or much more of an authentic experience, both for the, and much more of a connection between the leader and the followers. And of course, that's really the way it should be. And we'll get away from this idea that, you know, there are dictators and people who are just pushing an agenda, rather their own agenda, rather than really being in tune with what's best society as a whole or their, their organization as a whole. And, and those words are coming up a lot with the interviews that I'm doing in the sense of authentic, connecting with people, that trust. It's not, I know, I know what you're just saying is it's dead. People are looking for it or people are wanting it. It's just they're not seeing it or they're not experiencing it. And so that's why they're questioning things so much as well. And you're so right in what you're saying. People are looking for that leadership. They're looking for something, someone who can, the way I say it, Liam, is someone that is influential, and but someone who's not going to be influential at the expense of others. It's, they're influential with the people. They're in there wanting to help people. And they are genuine, or as you said, authentic around it. And I think it's so important that for leaders to be aware mm. of this. And if you're not leaders, wake up, because that's what's actually happening a lot. We're moving in, into a golden age, I think, where you know people are going to have a lot more choices as to where they want to go and what they do, a lot more freedom, and a lot more choice as to who they decide to allow to be their leader. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, you and I are living in a world whereby we are seeing it 
So it seems to be getting faster and faster. Technology, even now the data out there, business, even from a social perspective, things are getting a lot faster. If I think about the brain and what you've been talking about, what helps a leader be successful in a fast-paced, ever-changing world? Well, I think when you understand what your brain actually is, it's an almost infinitely powerful machine. It has the power of 500 trillion computer microprocessors. So it's vastly more powerful than any computer network we have. In fact, there have been lots of books written about the brain, and the last page of all of them is pretty much the author going, the more I learn about the brain, the more I can't believe how incredible it, it actually is. So when you realize you have this machine and the sole purpose of this machine is to ensure that you survive to the best of your ability, which means to make you the best that you can be, which means being happy, fulfilled, living at your highest level. When you realize you have this machine, then all you need to do is let the machine do the work. It's the machine's job. You don't do the work. And one of the biggest problems I see and what I really help the leaders who I work with, or pretty well everyone I work with, is to get away from this idea that you need to try harder. You need to get more information. You need to figure stuff out. You need to keep pushing. You need to set all your goals. You need to do all this busy, busy, busy stuff rather than allowing this part of your brain to do the work for you. And I think we've seen all seen examples where we're struggling away with a problem or we, we don't know what to do. And then something happens out of the blue. Maybe somebody comes along that, who says, hey, I've got an idea for you. Or, you know, you could do this. And you do something and it, it's like it all fits into place. You know, I often say to people, you know, the person you married, for instance, if you're married or in a relationship, they didn't show up because you were busy looking for them and writing down your goals and pictures and descriptions and planning when you're going to meet your, you know, your life partner, your spouse, somehow they just came into your life. And that was one of the most fundamental or the most impactful aspects of your life or situation. So how did that happen? Well, what you realize is your brain is at work making these things happen. So why I call my podcast, Let Yourself Off the Hook, is because you have to actually get out of your own way. And you have to stop thinking that this thinking, pushing, working, information gathering part of your brain is really where you get your results because it's not. It's your creative brain. And you need to learn to use that part. And life stops being the struggle then. It, you get in the flow, you get in the zone, and things start working. Wow. Very good. Once again, still taking notes. It's amazing. The thing here is to live at your highest level here, listeners, and what Liam's sharing there is let the machine do the work. Liam, that, the analogy you used here about the machine and letting it work rather than you have it, thinking that you have to do it. It's a bit like when I see people mm. presenting executives, leaders up front, anybody up front, and they're trying to shout or they're trying to get them make their voice loud. And they've got a microphone and I'm a lapel mic or one in the hand. They're going, hey, let the microphone do the work. Very similar. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of noise out there. And it's about that busyness and so forth. And people are always on. And I go like, you need to sort of settle down. You need to turn that noise off for A, for your voice to be heard. And B, for you to be able to think and uh, just giving yourself that time. And I love the title of your podcast, which is Let Yourself Off the Hook. And I think that's probably the key there for a lot of people. Now, Liam, you and I have already talked about, and I think you've already covered off what people are looking for, because the next question was how employees' expectations of leaders change. And I think that's what you've already covered it off, you know, being authentic, the trust, 
It's about having that connection with people and not being forced. And it's that golden age that you're talking about as well. And I've got a feeling that's possibly where you see leadership going in the next five years. Where do you see it going? If we got your crystal ball out and looked at the next five years, where do you see leadership going? Well, I think it is, as we've said, that far more authentic, far more in tune with the creative brain, you know, not based on fear, not based on a leader, not trying to hold on to power, trying to hold other people down, trying to push their own agenda for their own purpose and their own gain, if you like. Instead, letting themselves off the hook and, be, and, and using their brain, this creative part of their brain, to do what is best for everybody. That's not based on fear. It's based on creativity, growth, being in the flow, being in the zone, and seeing all of the, the abundance that comes from that. You know, you mentioned about some of the leaders you talk about when they're on stage. The best speeches, I'm sure you would agree, are when people let go. And they, they, they're not standing there trying to force it to happen. And they slip into this other state where it's the, the right stuff is coming out of their mouth yep. and the right energy is coming out of them. So where's all that coming from? This is our, what I call our natural creative state. This is the place where we are being the best that we can be, but we're not forcing things to happen. We're not struggling for it to happen. But what we are doing is we're letting go of this fear, this control, this worry, and we're actually allowing something else to happen, Some, the, if you like, the magic to happen. Well, that's not magic. This is all biological. Mm. But And I think that where we're going to go with leaders, we're going to find our leaders for them to survive. They're going to have to be in that authentic state of operating from who they really are. And we're already seeing that with President Bukele and El Salvador. And, you know, there's the odd other leader who's appearing around the world on a political level, we're starting to say these people are, are more authentic. They are more interested in, in their populations, if you like, in the people. They're not just out there pushing their own agenda with their cronies to try and get as rich as possible or whatever. And the other really interesting thing, I don't know if you've been following with the blockchain technology, but it, this whole thing around uh, cryptocurrencies, although it's a bit wider, the use of blockchain, but there are even organizations that are being developed now that have no leader at all. They're actually run entirely by a set of agreements that are all on the blockchain, all on like on, in a computer program, which means that if something happens, then something else will happen. It's all predictable and it's all managed by the collective, by the group mm. through the set of protocols, if you like. So, you know, that's the other thing, the whole idea of leadership to survive as a leader, we're not going to need leaders to do everything for us. We're going to, people are going to become a lot more self-reliant. We're seeing that with finance, for instance, with the rise of Bitcoin, a totally decentralized form of money that anybody can use, and you don't need anyone's permission and you don't need a leader for it, but you can use it. So you'll have the option to be a part of an organization where you are the leader, you are totally responsible for that aspect of your life. And when you choose a leader, they're going to be somebody who has your interests in resonance with themselves, and that's what's going to create the the growth and expansion and, and the betterment of everyone. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, you know, it's great, great, great prediction, and I think it's we are starting to see it already. I mean, you're right, and so that authentic state of allowing people to be who they should be, letting go, letting people get on with it is really good. Now, the thing here is, if our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, Liam, where do they go? 
Oh, well, I've got a couple of websites. One's actually called Let Yourself Off the Hook. That's probably the easiest way to find me. And I've got a, a couple of free courses and also my own podcast where I go a lot more into a lot more detail about how your brain actually works because people often say to me, oh, yes, well, I've heard about the brain and the subconscious and everything, but they haven't really, they haven't heard about it from a biological perspective. And the beauty is when you understand it from a biological perspective, it makes total sense and you automatically find you use your brain far more effectively. It's a bit like a car. If you don't know what the levers and buttons are, then you're not very good at driving it. But once you understand it, then it's the logical way to use the car. Mm. It's the same with your brain. And that's what I'm really teaching through. I've got lots of stuff on my website to help people understand the logical and the natural way to use your brain. And when you do it the logical, natural way, you get the logical, natural result, which is you being the best that you can be. That's biological, your biological purpose. Excellent. So we're going to put that in the show notes, listeners. Liam, once again, hey, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show. There you go, listeners. Well, the thing here is this, is that we need to think about where we're going and how do you want the rest of your life to be is one thing. The second thing would be is around how you make that shift of letting go of fear, releasing that to be able to get out there and experience what you need to be experiencing in life. Being in that authentic state, it's actually part of our brain. It's the creative brain. It's that piece that we're wanting to get into more. Hey, thanks for joining us on this latest episode today. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 